Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres, and we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. And, um, folks, uh, the show is just a reminder, sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforbetterfuture.com. Um, and I first want to mention some things that we're, we have going on on the campuses. We have a contest coming up for the students, and we're going to be heading out to the campuses. It's called Tipping Point. It's an essay contest. Um, it's on GoFundMe.com. Um, and you guys will be able to sponsor a student who can write a 1,500-word essay on a particular topic of their choice, and the grand prize for the winner of the student is $2,000 to be applied towards his tuition. And, um, folks, that is on GoFundMe.com backslash Students for a Better Future backslash. Um, we will have that link out soon. And it will also be up on the main website. And if you know of a college kid who is uh, attending a two- or four-year university, um, this might be something of interest to them because we know those college tuitions are the bill is very high. And um, Ruben, he, he has a son in uh, college, right, Ruben? Um, Correct. So you know how high these tuition bills are. Um, yes, they just turn around and they slap you every, uh, I guess, half a year or so. Um, and, you know, and, and I could swear by the, in another 10 years, if your kid goes out of state, um, they'll be paying up to like 70000 in tuition the way the rate is going. So, um, you know, so right. So we are actually sponsoring a scholarship. Um, so the link will be out soon. As soon as it is, we'll send it out to everybody. And you can go to the main site to find out some more information. And um, tonight we are going to be talking about taxes, the heavy loaded question of taxes. Um, and if you're from New Jersey, you sure as heck know you don't get a break on them. Um, you are paying through the nose because you're paying for a broken pension system um, that had got out of hand, and also you're paying for uh, um, the Abbott districts in New Jersey. And so New Jersey happens to be one of the highest states, um, in, in particularly in property taxes, and you know what? And, and Ruben, wouldn't it be nice if we just didn't have to pay taxes? Period. That's true. That's true. I mean, and I, I can I can tolerate uh, certain amount of taxes as long as there's something that I can see at the end. You know, you know that basically it's productive. Uh, 
you know, we in New Jersey when I was living there, I'm saying I'm paying all these taxes and I see potholes all over. I, I, I see the the highways are just basically crumbling. The schools are are are, are crumbling. So they're, they're taking all this uh, highway highway fund taxes, uh, and, and and nothing is getting done. So it really frustrates you that nothing is getting done, and and your taxes are every every year. They're going up every year. Do they ever come mm-hmm. down? No, they they do not. <laughs> right, they they never do, and um, you know and. We just mentioned to our guest, who is actually waiting on the line, and we'll introduce him in about a minute or two, um, you know, uh, when our, uh, the, the revolution was actually fought over this. And um, if, I can imagine if they turn around and saw our taxes today, you know, they'd be laughing and rolling in their grave. So um, let's bring on our guest. Um, his name is John Wellesley Nobles. Can you hear me, John? I certainly can, Doreen. Okay. And, uh, um, John, you were the former director of um, uh, Fair Tax, correct? Uh, in California, I was a, the former volunteer state director, yes, and the regional director for California and Nevada. Okay. Um, can you tell us, uh, give us a little bit of back, uh, background about Fairtax? I can. Uh, I'd like to say, firstly, uh, thank you for having me on tonight. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I hope we have a lot of young folks listening, and perhaps they'll call in later with comments and questions. Uh, during the uh, next hour or so, uh, I'd like to give you a little history just basically on myself. I'm not an economist. I'm not a CPA, although I uh, have a lot of CPAs as friends and uh, people that are economists as well. And uh, I'm an interested citizen, and I really kind of got started. I was born in uh, Norwich, Connecticut, and I had a grandmother that uh, that migrated from Poland. And on my dad's side, they were from England and, and Scotland. And uh, my grandmother was around in 1913, prior to 1913. She came over in a sailing vessel, actually, as motor sail. And uh, she told me as a young lad about how the income tax got started. And uh, some of the history, as you know, uh, uh, the folks in the Northeast there, they said, oh, well, this is not a big deal. All the rich folks over in Newport, Rhode Island are going to pay for all of it because back in 1913, fewer than uh, than uh, 1% of the people were going to pay the the uh, the income tax anyhow, and and they were going to pay about a percent in taxes, and and the rest of the folks paid nothing. So uh, uh, that's kind of how I got my interest in it. And it was about 19 circa 1968. Uh, of course, I was a little younger in '68, and uh, I I really. I have never, I've never been audited, but uh, I uh, I sent in my first long long form return somewhere around then 67, 68, and uh, being a young lad that I was, I I probably didn't have enough much enough money on deposit to pay my taxes, so I sent my check in unsigned, and then I soon found the IRS doesn't need a signature to cash your check. And ever since then, it's been kind of down downhill with me and the IRS. I just 
I think they have way too much power. Uh, we have a, you know, 100,000 employees at the IRS. It's uh, a convoluted system. And uh, later, maybe we can talk about a film that uh, was done here recently called uh, Unfair Exposing the IRS. And we've all heard the stories of, of uh, uh, churches and, and various organizations that have been attacked by the IRS and uh, the unfair treatment of them. Uh, now, getting back a little bit to, uh, <coughs> to fair tax, excuse me, <coughs> uh, we call the fair tax bill H.R. 25, and the uh, companion Senate bill is in S-155, the Fair Tax Act. Uh, it started as an idea in 1995 in the state of Texas, by the way, and it was uh, really put together because of three very well-off businessmen that that uh, donated about $22 million to the research on fair tax. And I might add that when the research was being done, uh, the, uh, the uh, people that uh, invested money to have their research done really thought that the economists, there were about 80 of them, were going to come up with a flat income tax. They did not. Their idea was going to a uh, consumption tax. So uh, dating back in 95, it was an idea. Then uh, they did, a, uh, they did a, a focus group. They had eight, eight very prominent business people. They did a focus group around the country and, and uh, felt out how citizens felt about it. Long came 1997, and the real birth of the of the Fair Tax Act started in 1997. Uh, one of the most important features, I might add, in 97 was uh, getting this across to the public that not only were were was the fair tax going to change the federal income tax, it was going to eliminate the collection of the payroll tax, which, as you know, on both sides is over 15 percent. Uh, Currently, uh, the uh, proposals on the flat income tax, and it is an income tax, uh, they leave the uh, payroll tax in place. So when they tell you it's going to be 10 or 15%, you can add another 15% to that uh, because that's, that is incorporated into the Fair Tax Act. Uh, another thing that occurred in 1997, the bill was introduced by a Democrat and a Republican. And the Democrat's name was uh, uh, Colin Peters, and uh, the Republican was John Linder. So this is not a Republican bill. Uh, I want to stress that. This is not a Republican bill. Uh, the, uh, the founders thought they'd come up with a flat income tax, as I said, and, and they ended up with the... With a consumption tax, which is really uh, more sophisticated than the, than the original national retail sales tax that was put out there in the uh, 90s under the Citizen for an Alternative Tax System. If you hold on a second, I'll get a little gulp of water, have a little dry throat, live here in a dry region in California in the high desert. Oh, Currently, uh, yeah, H.R. 25 and the Senate bill... Uh, have over 80 co-sponsors. So the bill is in, uh, in committee, and we hope that it will come out and maybe in this election cycle. And uh, 
Uh, I know if you go up and, and check on the bill, you can see all of the all of the folks that support it on popbox.com, and uh, many of them are are very prominent legislators here in California. Example, we have uh, we have Tom McClintock and Daryl Isa as two of our co-sponsors. So, if I might, I'll catch my voice here a little bit and. Maybe uh, you can fire off with a question, and I'll lead into some of the more salient yes. features of uh, fair tax. Um, what exactly is HR twenty five? I mean, I know that's a bill. HR twenty five, yes, is a bill, and uh, uh, the uh, the bill is one hundred and thirty three pages, double spaced, and I might add, it probably wouldn't be one hundred and thirty three pages, but much of it deals with the transitioning from our current federal income tax to a consumption tax. After all, we've had uh, our current tax system for over 102 years now, and it's going to take a little adjusting both on Capitol Hill and in the minds of the public to come to a a tax that's really much simpler. Uh, it, It requires explaining because we're set in our uh, set in our in our system today, and and I, I hear people oftentimes talking about uh, about a consumption tax or national retail sales tax, and they invariably are talking about income taxes. Uh, well, go ahead, Ruben. Well, one of, one of the things that that I'm always um was always interested in in in, in finding out. When there's some a new proposal that is that is before Congress or before well before Congress uh, that trying to get past the lobbyists because you have the accounting lobbyists you have the uh, companies like Price Waterhouse you know KPGM these firms you know they they want to continue they handle a lot of the uh the whole process yeah. the current tax code system that is a dinosaur and a lot of and i, I think i'm quite sure a lot of the audience and and we, and we probably i mean we know that basically the lobbyists have the final word so how do how do we get as, as much as Daryl isaac and Tom mcclinton and a lot of the the legislators uh, are in favor. Trying to cross that barrier, it's going to—it's it, really complicated. Yes, it is, and and uh, you make a very good point. Uh, this is going to surprise you a little bit. Uh, our biggest hurdle really aren't the CPAs and uh, the H&R blocks. Uh, they're going to have business even without our current pernicious, diabolical tax code. Our biggest stumbling block, believe it or not, is in Washington itself. Uh, We, as you know, have talked about, I think I mentioned it before, popbox.com, which is a website that you can go and oppose or support any bill on Capitol Hill. And by the way, the fair tax in the first hundred days of the Congress ranked number two and three on Pop Box out of over 3,100 bills. We currently rank 
number three and four out of over 4,000 bills. That said, that ranking is with we the people, uh, people around the country. And you can look at a look at a map that they have on a uh, sentiment map that they have on pop box, and you'll see green dots everywhere. And these are folks that support the idea of getting rid of the federal income tax and the IRS. Now, as I said, and I'm going to digress for a minute, our biggest stumbling block are people in Congress themselves. If we think about it for a moment, people in Congress spend most of their time raising money for the next election cycle, for their next campaign. So they are tax favor salesmen. The income tax with its code and procedure is now over 73,000 pages long. And I don't know if folks know this, but just about every day of the week, a tax code change uh, is made. So they're adding pages as we speak. Now, the folks that are on the Hill go down and, and they visit with a lot of their old friends who happen to be lobbyists now, and they trade off tax favors for other favors like campaign uh, donations uh, and other things. So uh, our, our sponsor on the bill, who uh, was formerly the chief of staff for John Linder, and later when John retired, he ran for his congressional seat in the 7th Congressional District of Georgia. Uh, and that, that is uh, Rob Woodall. And Rob Woodall is a great advocate and a great friend to grassroots people. And he will tell you that he is only one congressman with one vote. And I have said to him many times, absolutely, Rob, and you're one 435th. And he agrees with that. And he says that this bill, and it's one of the most important pieces of legislation on the Hill, it's going to affect 100-plus years of our history, is a kitchen table bill. To get a bill like this passed will not be done by Congress itself or through the lobbyists. It is going to have to be we the people that push our Congress as Doreen alluded to earlier, the revolution, if you will. So uh, it's very interesting, but uh, most of our opposition is in Congress. Okay. Yes. I, I, I have said that it's going to take a lot, um, and, and I, I'm in for that, though, because I'm about ready for a change. I'm, I'm here in New Jersey, and we get a double whammy, you know, and um, – you know, our taxes are 13000 right now, uh, at least that's what I pay. And um, so if you think of that over a 10-year period, it's 130000 and you wonder where, where the money's going to. You know, you can put that on, onto a, set, a second mortgage. Um, and anyhow, John, I want to ask you, because you mentioned Pop Fox, um, and folks, we do have a lot of callers on the line again tonight. Um, so 
we're going to let John talk a little bit, and then we're and Ruben, and then we're going to take some questions from from the callers. Um, so hang on, um, John. Just tell us what Popbox is. Well, Popbox is a website, uh, and uh, give you a little history. The founders of that website were both lobbyists. One's an attorney, uh, uh, Roshna Chowdhury, who is a lobbyist, is one of the founders. Uh, both of the ladies, by the way, Marcy Harris, who's a, an attorney and a uh, lobbyist, both of them are formerly from California and now live in Washington, D.C. And uh, they, uh, about five years ago, when when they were starting up Popbox, I met them in Memphis. Uh, I didn't meet them, but I met some of their people from Popbox in Memphis at a meeting we were having. And I said, you know, this is a terrific idea. This is a way that the average American citizen can go and weigh in on every bill that affects his or her life on Capitol Hill. So once you register, there are over 4,000 bills on Capitol Hill now. You can weigh in on them and let your what, – here's what happens. Here's, here's what the difference between call, just calling your legislator or writing them a letter when you go to Pop Vox and either you support or oppose a bill, what happens is your representatives, uh, in the case of fair tax, and I hope you'll uh, support our bill, uh, we have two bills, uh, H.R. 25, which is the House side, S-155, which is the Senate, so you really have to vote your support vote twice. Uh, what happens is that uh, the congressman in your local district will receive your electronic letter in your words. Additionally, uh, if you go and vote on the companion bill, your senator will too, or senators, both of them. And the other nice thing is that on any piece of legislation on Capitol Hill, there are plenty of people that are interested other than our congressman in our district and just a few people in our congressional district. There are people all over the country, believe me, that are interested in uh, immigration issues, uh, taxation issues, uh, you name it, uh, uh, the Planned Parenthood issues, a lot of things. So when you go to vote, everybody that's interested in that issue is going to see what you have to say, and they're going to see the pros and the cons, the people that support it, people that oppose it. Uh, you're also going to get numbers. Now, I mentioned earlier that we are uh, supported by people that took the poll on H.R. 25, S-155. Uh, we have 95% of those that have taken the poll on the congressional bill support the Fair Tax Act. Only 5% oppose. And strangely enough, uh, I live in California, which I euphemistically referred to as the Socialist Republic of California, uh, we're, we're quite quite far left. And, and again, this proves that this bill is nonpartisan. Ninety-six percent of Californians support H.R. 25. They want to get rid of the income tax. So Pop Fox is a, is a great tool. When I started out, of course, my first interest was, was on the fair tax. Uh, since then, I think I've probably voted on about 30 different bills. And uh, as Rashna Chaudhry and, and Marcy would say, once you use Pop Vox, it's like an addiction. You will become 
more interested in what your government is doing and, and engage the government. Uh, and one other thing worth mentioning is when you go and your statement goes up on Popbox, of course the whole country can read it. Additionally, your comments are recorded in the Library of Congress. So as far as websites go, I'm really impressed with it. It is, the, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best websites available right now. Now, now, so basically, who do we do we know who are the individuals within Congress that are actually opposing the fair tax? Well, well, you can can figure it out because yes, you can figure it out if you go to popbox. uh, dot com and go go to the go to HR twenty five and for example, when you pull up that bill, uh, what will what will show up is uh, you'll get to see the people that support it, the people that oppose it, and additionally, you'll see all of the people that co-sponsor it, their pictures, where they're from, what districts they're from, and you will drop down further. You'll see the sentiment map that I was talking about. You'll see uh, by areas around the country, uh, people that support in green, people that oppose and would be represented in kind of a yellow goldish dot, and uh, you'll see that you'll be able to read the text on these measures. Additionally, you'll see the photographs of all the supporting congressmen and likewise for the Senate as well when you go over to the Senate bill. Okay. Um, Okay, hold on. Um, We do have lots of callers on the line, Um, and I want to go to, um, let's see. Okay. Uh, How about our friend from Annapolis? Can you hear me? Uh, hello, you're live. Um, four four three two two three. Do you want to ask a question? Uh, okay, maybe we lost them. Um, okay, but, okay. This sounds so interesting. Um, and folks, any of you want to ask a question? Okay. Um, Caller six seven eight. You want to ask a question? Okay. Um, okay. Well, we, we get a lot of people listening. Um, okay. So anyhow, um, okay. I mean, this sounds very interesting. Um, you, you know, the question is. Uh, uh, let me ask you. Um, what were the critics? Do, do the critics say about this? Well, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, the uh, firstly, uh, you'll probably recall uh, Herman Cain, who, by the way, uh, was and is a supporter of HR 25, the Fair Tax Act. Even though when he ran for president, he he moved forward the proposal, which was never a bill, by the way, uh, the 999 Herman Cain plan. And the reason Herman did that, and and the reason, uh, and I'll allude to some other people that that you'll know by name, uh, are concerned. Uh, there there are plenty of folks that that really feel this is the bill to support, but they don't feel that the bill has enough legs around the country. Well, you know they're they're correctly informed because they know many of their colleagues on the hill are going to be out selling tax favors as usual 
I mean, we pass about a tax law a day in this country. And I'll tell you what, I don't get one because I don't have enough money. And so I don't get any special interest. Uh, I'm a retiree. I'm, I'm, I'm on a limited income. And uh, they will use every reason in the book that you fill out one piece of paper. What they don't say on the the flat tax, the flat tax is an income tax. The flat tax, uh, the proposals I looked at are two-tiered. Uh, you will keep the IRS, and you will continue to pay payroll taxes. Uh, so I might mention, before we get into their opposition, some of the things that the fair tax does. The fair tax will replace all earnings-based taxes at the federal level. Payroll taxes go. Capital gains taxes go. Estate and gift taxes go. Alternative minimum taxes go, business income taxes go, and inheritance tax and all that. So uh, we're talking about eliminating a lot of taxes and and putting them under one tax. And uh, but how can you sell a tax favor if you're a congressman and you don't need deductions because the taxes are paid at point of sale? There's no need for a tax return to be filed uh, on behalf of the individual, and there are no deductions. Right. You just pay the tax. Uh, okay, hold on a second. Uh, we do have another caller, 614-226. You're live on the air. Do you want to ask? Hello. Yes, hi, Doreen. Hi, John. Hi. Now, my, I'm great, thank you. Going to be better here shortly. Um, okay. First, I will make a couple little statements, okay? And uh, one of them is uh, fair tax is an oxymoron in in and of itself. If there was any, uh, if I had my choice of all the ones that are out there and it had to be a tax, then I would probably choose that one. But I'm a person that believes that a nation can be run without taxation of any kind. Now, it has to be done on a different uh, level. It has to be done on a regressive-type basis, and which if anybody cares to look up on Facebook and check it out, I've got a site there. It's called Regressive Taxation Association. Now, uh, I just don't, you know, like one other thing that got said, something about uh, lobbying. Well, lobbying is nothing but legalized bribery. Okay, they just start turning favors here and there and stuff like that, and it's all bullcrap. So they shouldn't be uh, any lobbyists there either, because if somebody wants something done, you post it down, start down at the city level and go to like a committee thing, a central committee, and then uh, city council, blah blah blah, and go up the chain of command. They bypass all that with uh, big money and have lobbyists. Okay, so I'm totally against that too. Uh, but yeah, there is a method by which a uh, nation can fund its uh, financial liabilities without taxation. Uh, I keep posting in my uh, on my Facebook profile constantly to try to get people to join with me. But uh, the, the problem is, is even all the people that claim they believe in Jesus Christ do not. Because he stated the fact that with God all things are possible, 
And when I put out there and say this is possible, no one answers. Okay, so uh, anyhow, I'm just sort of giving you my position. You know, it's, like I said, if I had to eat one tax type, then I would go with what you're calling the fair tax. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not okay. saying I'm against it. Okay. not saying I'm against anything. If you uh, are proposing, I'm just saying that there is a better method and everything like that. So if you want to address anything I said, well, please go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, John. Well, thank you for your comments. Uh, I might qualify myself. Uh, I support the Constitution limited accountable government uh, and free market capital systems. Uh, I do agree that uh, the name of fair tax, uh, when the uh, focus group picked that name, uh, it, they could have picked a better name because originally, uh, before fair tax was formed and thought of in 85, it was born out of the Liberty Amendment, the Liberty Amendment Committee. And I was around then because I was around in 1968 advocating the, uh, the, uh, the fair tax as a bill. Uh, I do agree that, uh, that uh, our current system is pernicious, diabolical, excessive at every level. Uh, I, uh, I hear this. I've heard this particularly, uh, the gentleman's comments, uh, particularly from the Sovereign Citizens Group. And uh, ultimately, all things that are funded in the government, uh, you know, we can, we can change the name tax to fee. Uh, it is a tax. When, when it comes out of our labor our production, uh, and, you know, it's either labor production, savings, and investment, it is a tax. Even when we think of it in that way, the, uh, the word uh, inflation is a tax. And I won't go off into the Federal Reserve System or any of that, or even go into the weeds, but uh, thank you for your comments. I am glad you have one more. HR 25. Let thank me, you, sir. Let me have one more comment, yeah. please. May I get okay, one more? just one more. Then we have we're going to go to other callers. Go ahead. Please. Okay. Uh, do you, I just want to make the comment about uh, what John is saying there. You know, he keeps uh, promoting this the government thing, and that is uh, wrong because we the people are the government. When you are referring, sir, you should also say public servants. Okay. You got to get them, them to understand that they are public servants. Okay. I totally um, agree. Sir, thank, yes, and thank you very much for your uh, for calling in. Um, we're going to go to our next caller, seven six zero. Can you hear us, seven six zero? You're on the line. You're live. Yes. Hello there. Welcome to the show. Oh, this is our great gal. Here's here's the pop box lady, and uh, Nancy Casey. For those that will soon meet her was one of my first appointments to district director when I was uh, the state director. She has been a real advocate. She's a hardworking lady. And Doreen, she's the lady I told you, is a retired teacher. And uh, I'm going to let Nancy talk because my throat is going, and she can tell you a lot about Popbox. Okay. Nancy, you actually stopped and started Popbox? Oh, no. I wish I had. But, no, I okay. didn't. I just... Uh, as John has already mentioned, 
that it is a tool that every citizen should avail themselves of. By the way, I wanted also for people to realize that when Pop Fox... Okay, folks, we're getting some static here. I... Nancy, can you hear us? I can hear, but I don't know if you can hear me. Anyway... Um... We can hear you. We can hear you. Okay, thank you so very much. Uh might have been John getting some water or something. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. you know, it's possible because his, his throat does go on him once in a while. Anyway, oh, I'll get okay, right at it now. Uh, John mentioned that everybody gets an opportunity to see what you have written. I want to make sure that everyone realizes that if they wish... They can write anonymously as far as what is posted, and they will put date, and then they will uh, put a constituent number. Verify. There is no way to vote twice. Top box. So once you have supported or opposed, you're stuck with it. You can't move it then. You'll have to wait until the bill is introduced and two years later if you want to change your vote. So it is a poll. It is not a petition. So I just wanted people to feel that, you know, obviously their name needs to be there so that the representative or the senator is fully aware of the constituent's name and uh, so that they can get back with them. And um, we have gotten letters back. Uh, Some are generic. It depends on who. For instance, out here, we have uh, uh, two senators that notoriously just don't want to talk to you about issues. They just have this general statement. Okay, now I'd like to get on to um, uh, a few things about the fair tax. It's very difficult for people to realize, because we've all been living under an income tax, there is no choice in the matter with an income tax. The, the person who is working or inherits money or um, is in the stock market, et cetera, et cetera, in any way that you bring in money, uh, if, if it is reported, you pay income tax. Now, if it's underground money, we know that exists out there, it's not reported And so as long as those people get away with it, they pay no tax. So um, it's rather what we have now with with income tax, it's only the people who play by the rules that really are being uh, the ones to support uh, the government's coffers. Now, with the fair tax, that's not the case. No matter how you get your money, it isn't based on what you earn. It's based only on what you decide to spend. And what makes me feel so good is I'm a pretty good shopper. I'm willing to find the best deals. And once in a while, I'm like everybody else, there's something I want. And by gollies, I don't care the price, I buy it. That's up to me. If I don't want to buy something because of its cost and uh, what the tax might be, well, that's, that's all up to me. I'm all for choice. This is where the liberty comes in. Now, everybody, when they go to purchase an item, 
if it's new. The tax that you pay, you normally already pay it. It's within the pricing of the item. We That's what we do today. Businesses don't really pay a payroll tax. They don't really pay an income tax based on profit. If you produce an item, there are many different steps, including uh, distribution to the final point of sale. Every time, sure, a business owner has to pay the payroll tax, and they have to pay an income tax based on their profit. The problem is we think they're paying it. No, 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 no. They price whatever part of an uh, an object they're making, let's say it's a bolt, they price the tax they pay to the federal government in the price of that bolt. Who pays it? The person who buys the bolt to use as part of something that is being made. And this goes all the way up the chain. It can be very simple or it can be something like a car that has so many parts to it produced by so many different so all of those things there would there would be no income or payroll tax so businesses would no longer have to include that cost in whatever they are making that's important to know because we're already paying that those will come out those embedded taxes and it varies the simpler the item Um, probably the smaller the amount of embedded tax. But if it's a complicated item, oh, it can be phenomenal. The point is you wind up paying, if you pay any new amount for the price of an item you're buying today, it might be 1% or 2%. So when you decide to, uh, well, in fact, let me just mention this. This sounds scary, when I'm going to tell you that when you go, when anybody goes to a retail place to purchase something new, the new price is pretty close to the old price because we're taking out somewhere between 17 and 22% that businesses paid to the government and passed on to us so that we would, as consumers, buy it. We're going to pay 23%, so if we take out 22% and we pay 23%, it's perhaps, without being on sale or anything, it's just that tiny bit higher. Now, the only people who wind up paying 23% are people who spend, I didn't say earn, people who spend $2 million a year. So if you are married, so two adults, I'll just give you this one simple thing. Because you are given a, kind of a, like a stipend, and I, I don't know that I really want to go on into that. I, I don't want to occupy the whole call here. But uh, you will receive everybody, no matter how much you spend, winds up getting this amount to help the people who are living almost paycheck to paycheck, to help them uh, it items tax-free uh, because they're reimbursed that tax every month. 
But anyway, let's not get into that yet. What I want you to realize is if you are two adults and if you spend $25,000 a year on new items or services, your tax rate is 1%. If you spend 30000 it's 5%. 35000 a year, 8%. Remember, you don't pay income tax. You don't pay payroll tax. You get your entire paycheck. The only thing that would be taken out are things you elect to take out, such as insurance or something, as well as perhaps the state if you live in a state that has income tax. So I I will stop just at that point because I don't want to overwhelm anybody, but I think that helps you see that you get a choice uh, as to what you're going to purchase. If you go to a thrift store and a second used or whatever, and there's some lovely ones out there, depends on, you know, where you go, uh, you can wind up uh, purchasing totally tax-free. So, you know, it depends on your buying. If you buy a package of cookies already made, it will cost more than if you bought the flour, the shortening, whatever that you're going to put in there. So if you want to pay for the convenience and have them already made, well, obviously, that's going to be a a different tax price. Your overall will be very, very low unless you spend – uh, in fact, let me mention, you can spend 50000 a year and your tax is only 12%. But remember, 200000 a year spent, not earned, 20%. That's based on two adults. And, of course, if you add children, it goes down. If you're single, there, and, and so it is definitely a progressive tax, not a regressive. So I'll stop there. Thank you so much. Um, go ahead, Ruben. Um, I, I, do, I do have, I think this this idea of the fair tax, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is bring a lot of the individuals that are currently, um, let's say the illegals, uh, when they would spend money, that, that money would be coming into the the government. Yes. That, that, that's a plus. Now, the other aspect of it, that I think is positive is that uh, it also eliminates a lot of the uh, um, the black market. You're right. To a certain degree. That's correct. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, I want to go to caller from Annapolis, 443. You're live on the air. Hi, how are you? I'm sorry I was on earlier, but I got disconnected. Um, This may have already been uh, brought up. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to listen in the whole hour. Uh, When Forbes ran for president, and I don't remember what year, if you remember, he kind of brought up the uh, flat tax tax up uh, to the forefront. You know, I think it was like the first time it had ever been discussed or brought up. What's the difference between the flat tax and the fair tax? Well, there's a distinct difference. I, I mentioned this earlier. With the flat income tax, it still is an income tax. You're going to continue to pay payroll taxes as an individual, and uh, the uh, 
you know, the, the difference is there will be an IRS. So there's a good comparison, and I might, uh, might channel you toward it. Uh, uh, while I'm doing that, I'll mention a couple of things that are good educational links and sites. You can go and find most of the things that you want to know about fair tax and a good comparison tax on our current system, the flat income tax and the fair tax on uh, HR 25. Uh, a good website uh, that uh, has all the links that you're going to want, uh, hr25fairtaxreview.com. And uh, so when they say flat tax, you're getting a flat income tax. They will keep the payroll tax. So there is a, a big difference in the two tax systems. Okay. And you will file well, returns, much, I too. I that explained, yeah. Yes. You will file return under fair tax. As an individual, there is no tax return. Right. Thank you. Uh, I just, just want, Thank you. Uh, uh, okay. And um, go, go ahead, Ruben. Uh, I'll go back to you. What What is um, Grover Norquist? Uh, he's a very big tax advocate. What is, what is his position on the fair tax? That's number one. Number two. The media doesn't really, uh, and I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the mainstream media, it's not really focused on the fair tax as much. Well, uh, do, you, do, do you have a... Well, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that that comes and goes, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, Doreen and I had a conversation about that. Uh, we, we really are an ad hoc group, if you will. We don't have a whole lot of money. So we we haven't bought a lot of ads and all. What we do is really grassroots. However, uh, a lot of supporters, and uh, I'll name a few on Fox. Eric Bowling has been a big fair tax supporter. Hannity is a big fair tax supporter. And, you know, uh, there are a number of them on, on, uh, on Fox that are fair tax supporters, and they – We've we've heard a lot of, uh, particularly last year, a lot about the fair tax. Right now, we've shifted it to uh, illegal immigration, and and maybe that's where we ought to be. Uh, Hopefully, we will, uh, as this election cycle wears on, we will have more and more conversation on taxation, and the mainstream media will uh, will take and talk about the differences between the flat income tax and a the fair tax act which is a consumption tax got it got it uh yeah this sounds uh, uh so interesting um i, I just want to ask you john um when did fair tax come into being well uh, fair tax was born in 1995 and uh, i i may have mentioned this before maybe i didn't in 1995, three very prominent and well-to-do Texas businessmen uh, thought something needs to be done on taxes. So uh, they they contributed $22 million between the three of them and, and, and really uh, uh, funded a research study that was done by 80 leading economists around the nation. And uh, they kind of thought they were going to end up with a with a flat income tax, and lo and behold, the answer of the economist was overwhelmingly we should go to a consumption tax. And later, 76 of those economists wrote a letter to the Congress and recommended that. 
Uh, it was two years later, 1997, uh, when uh, Colin Peterson, who was a Democrat, and John Linder, who was a Republican, introduced the bill, the Fair Tax Act. And uh, so we have been we have been uh, a bill since 1997. Uh, and you guys have representatives in all the states, or you're getting there, or well, uh, as as a as an organization, we do not have directors in each of, in all of the states. We have directors in the. Uh, in the majority of large states, you know, for example, state of Texas, we have a fellow by the name of Marvin Kuhn, who's a, a great state director. He's a volunteer, like all of us. And I might mention that the state of Texas, because the bill was really, really born there, uh, they have 15 congressional co-sponsors from the state of Texas. That ought to tell us something, because Texas is done so well. Uh, I'm inclined to do whatever they're doing. After all, they got 135 California businesses since the first of the year, so uh, I think they know what they're doing down there. Yes, they are. Wow. Um, Folks, we do have a lot of callers on the line, and remember, you have to push one, and that signifies to us that you want to ask the question. Um, You know, otherwise we wouldn't know to call on you. Uh, Okay, and, and here we go. We have Caller 678, would you like to ask a question? I think that's me. Uh, okay. Yes, okay. I'm Chip Spradley. I'm active in the Georgia Hi, Fair Chip. Tax Organization. we got a good group yeah. down here. I was thinking, we, should need to, we need to just go at it, by gosh. I tell you, if you call in on a radio station, you can talk to 10,000 people. You'll alert 10,000 people. From there, if you will go next time, you're in the... At a coffee shop or in line someplace, you tell a guy behind you, you've told one more person, you got 10,001. Do this every day, or at least talk to somebody every day, times 365, and I bet there's a million of us out here who who, who are pushing for this thing. All of a sudden, we got real numbers, and it's just a thing of informing enough people, telling them about the, the fair tax, and it's uh, explaining to them, which includes the prebate and stuff like that. And the dropping prices uh, and that's pretty much it and as people understand it they they will be far and they will talk about it at work and all of a sudden uh sort of like we're climbing up a hill and right now i think we're at about 11 o'clock on that hill and we finally get to that top we'll be and just start going down the other side we'll go down the other side a lot faster than coming up believe me i've been involved in a couple other things in my life and uh gets overwhelming odds Huge money, huge power, and we won. And all this kind of stuff works. Just keep plugging. If all million of us or two million of us will do that, we'll get someplace. And uh, Facebook is another great one. You know, we just keep going at it. Uh, Every time you do, you just don't slow down. Don't quit. And I think, you know, that's the way we should do this thing. Uh, Period. Okay. That's got it. Thank thank you, Chip. Um, And uh, you know what, Chip? Uh, Email me, studentsforbetterfuture at outlook.com, okay? That's studentsforbetterfuture at outlook.com. Sorry, folks, I don't give my phone number out on on the call and on the line. Students for a better future at outlook.com. Okay, I got you. 
And I look forward to that email. And by the way, Chip, um, we do go to Georgia, so uh, Atlanta. Yeah, okay. So uh, when I'm down there, uh, I'm gonna come, we're going to come visit you, okay? Okay, we have a real active group there, a good meeting once a month, uh, two phone meetings once a month, uh, and it's a whole bunch of us active. I was at about 15 different booths last year. Some of those booths were, like, for three days. So we're hitting a lot of folks. Um, yeah. Um, John, I do want to ask you um, just one, uh, one other thing. Because um, I know New Jersey's taxes is high up there, and I did not check again, to see if we were number one in the nation, but I know we're very high up there. Um, where is California with that stuff? Are they high, high up there, too? I think they're high, but um, are, are you guys, uh, like, one of, like, even, like, number one? No. California is probably the worst state in the union. Of course, we have the highest energy taxes. We're the first ones, unfortunately. This is This is nothing that I'm proud of, uh, you know, this is uh, not my birth state. Uh, my dad was originally from Georgia, and I would tell Skip that I have an awful lot of cousins in, in Georgia, and, and that's a great group of people down there. And and I hope Georgia, and Georgia's done pretty well, by the way, on Popbox. We need to get uh, more people on Popbox. It's a great tool for us. Uh, California, uh, we are probably the most overtaxed and over-regulated states in the union. I, I want to point out one thing. Uh, you'll remember that New York also had excessively high taxes, and they've done pretty much what California's done. They've run most of the businesses out of the state of New York. So lately I'm watching TV ads from New York, and they're saying, come on and ro- locate your business, they're kind, of the, kind of the Texas model, if you will, and pay no income tax for 10 years. Well, I love it because that's an endorsement of fair tax. Without the income tax, believe me, the United States of America will again be a business magnet, and we're running short of time, so I'll I, cut I, it right I there. I wonder if, if they will do that for the existing people already here, you know, for the no income tax, you know. That that I would like to see. Well, uh, illegals illegals will will not pay the income tax, but they'll be taxed for the first time because when they pay consumption tax on new goods and services, uh, and I'm surprised Nancy didn't mention it, but she mentioned a lot. Uh, a portion of that, dear friends, will also go to fund your Medicare and Social Security along with mine. I think that's a tremendous idea, and. Uh, so uh, new goods and services, if you just visit the United States of America, you're going to contribute in taxes. And up till now, uh, you know, we have the highest corporate tax in the world, one of the highest. Our people are at a distinct disadvantage. So that, that would okay, also ahead, Ruben, be, that, that would also be some, similar to, it's a blend of the, of the VAT also, the value-added tax. Uh, no, it is not. Uh, it is not like a, a value added because in the bill, in the bill, there's a proviso. You cannot have both an income tax and a consumption tax. You're gonna when you pass the bill, a couple of things happen. You'll have only uh, uh, tax on on consumption, and the other thing is there's a sunset proviso in the bill. Within uh, within seven okay. years, they have to repeal the 16th Amendment, or the taxes would revert to what we have now. 
Um, okay. okay, I got to cut in there. Um, Ruben and John and our callers and everybody, um, we're out of time. John, great topic. Thank you for coming on. Thank you on. so much. And, and I'd like to leave my phone what? number if I could. Uh, if anybody wants to call me, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My phone number is 760-961-1312. You can email me at jwnobles1 at verizon.net. And I love taking calls and answering questions. Thank you for the okay. opportunity, Doreen. All right, John. We're going to definitely going to run this again. Um, Thank you. And and a great great segment, folks. There's so much information out there. there um, is. And yes, and um, folks. Um, and once again, thank. I'd like to thank our callers for calling in and listening and asking questions and then all that. Um, and guess what, Ruben. Um, it's another night. And, yeah, and we uh, have an, we, we have we, we have ahead. another great show next week. Uh, we have uh, a town hall uh, journalist, uh, very mainstream. We're going to be discussing legal immigration with Ruben Navarrete, who's a journalist writer for the Town Hall magazine. Yes, and that's next week at 9 p.m. Don't forget, and the Perfect. call in is six four six nine one five. 8117, that's 646-915-8117, and folks, till then, see you next week. All right, have a good night.